What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Company. It's JR and Steve. And uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about sex, baby. My, my little loaded. Yeah, little loaded, right? I don't know if, I mean, touchy, no pun intended. But. Pervert, man. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for this one, man. Me I really too. am. I really am. So, Steve, man, start our journey down this rabbit hole, please. So I want to break it down in three ways and, and we've, we've got more than that. So it's not just me. It's a, it's a joint, joint segment. We're all, we're attacking this difficult subject together, but I want to do three things. I'm coming with three goals at least. Right. And I think Jared would agree. The first one is we want to help people understand how to transmute their sexual energy. If that doesn't make sense. Hold tight. Um, we'll get there. (laughs) Or if you've read like Napoleon Hill stuff, you might have heard that, but I bet we can shed some light on it. Right. Two, we want to decriminalize sex. Mm. It ain't bad. Three, three, want to help you preserve slash keep that energy where your juice level's high. And that's what we're going for today. All right. So keep that in mind as we go through. Keep that juice. Now, the first one, transmuting sexual energy. Weird thing. A lot of people, if you've read Napoleon Hill's stuff, as I mentioned earlier, he brings that up. And I had to read Think and Grow Rich and um, The Wisdom of Andrew Carnegie and his Principles of Success and then Outwitting the Devil. And I was like, I think I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Andrew Carnegie you know, that got me, though. And we spent some time on this. I remember when we were reading as through well that as stuff. Several hours of discussion with JR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, We've been trying to figure out this transmuting of sex energy for a while now. And so I, I'm. this has always been one of the topics we knew we were going to talk about uh, on the podcast from a very, very early start. So I'm excited to get after it, dude. So... The way to understand this is what finally made sense to me was that if you think about your power to procreate as your ultimate source of creation, right? What could be more than that? We have the, we have the ability to give life. And so that is a main source of creative power of juice. And then what Carnegie says is all other creative powers trickle down from that. So a man's desire to build, to create, to, to make industry, like those things are just, I guess, appendages of your procreative power. That's why men are usually very ambitious in business. And I wish I understood more about the women's side of things, like how they felt, what their sexual energy felt like, because I think that would tell us more about the way we act differently and and what business ventures we're excited in and the differences in that. Cause it's, so, un, it's undeniable, right? Like a female sex energy differs in it's different. It, it's very different. Like the, the, the way that even women like to be, you know, um, um, like aroused differently. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've always heard this like uh, uh analogy of like, you know, uh, it takes time for a woman to, to reach peak arousal or like uh to even woo her into getting in the mood right it's a different song and dance like guys we ready right? did you, you get a look yeah you, and you're just like now yeah, boom. If, <laughs> if my wife looks at me the wrong way it's like game on you know oh yeah uh-huh. i've been ready i've been ready yeah, yeah. oh you wanted to, oh you wanted to wear that t-shirt it's on you know what i mean uh-huh. it's like yeah just stupid Easy. little things dude that'll get me right 
and, and we uh, turn off just as fast as we turn back on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas women and and yeah. So I wish I understood. I wish I understood it. Right. No, That's and, all I'm gonna say. And it's I a wish I understood. It's a very different thing, dude. It's a very different thing. And like uh, me being a married man, I could say like. He, I think one thing I've been forced to do is kind of learn that because um, we've had to like really talk about like, yo, like I don't work like that all the time. You know what I mean? And like it takes a certain amount of detail and attention and and uh, and some finesse. Right. To keep that romance and everything and, and to get them there. So it's definitely different. Definitely different between yes. men and women. Now, now the reason for bringing this up is just to say I'm not a, I'm not an authority on this. Yeah. Um, from my point of view, from a male's point of view, I feel like I have plenty of experience, and so I can talk more from that point of view. Yeah. But we invite women to think about it and change this and turn this to your point of view and see how or, does this relate to me. And hit you us know? up. I want to know. Seriously, yeah. Definitely comment, hit us up, talk to us about it because we want to learn about this. Yeah. So as we go through, try to think about how this relates to you. So as I was saying, like, that's why typically men are very ambitious in business things and they want to build the biggest thing, the grandest thing, the, the largest, the most profitable, whatever it is. And Carnegie's like, really what that is, is that's the transmutation of sexual energy. Now, the word, it's weird. You could honestly just use it like as in a harnessing and redirecting into another venue, mm -hmm. right? So instead of procreation, you're using bits and pieces of that to create other things. Right. So your sexual energy is what you can use to create good art, good industry, good business, um, music, whatever it is like that stuff. People who have really gone above and beyond to create wonderful things are just harnessing that procreative power, that sexual energy, and redirecting it into other things. Some people would call these individuals highly sexed individuals. Y yes, I think uh, I think we would. I yeah. think we would do that. So that's that's what transmute means, right? Transmute, transmutation, whatever. Because mutation, I guess that makes more sense, right? It's like the transformation of it. You're evolving into something, else, using it in another form. Yeah. Right? So that's the basic premise of what we want to go about. Now, as we go into the second, and I don't know, Jared, do you have anything more on the transmutation? No, I think you've covered it. Okay. Because it's like, yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> it's, it's really hard to to grasp it without the full thing though. So if you don't feel like you got it yet, stay tuned, stay with us. Stay tuned, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. We will, we will. Cause as we go into number two, which was decriminalizing sex, I want to start by saying, you know, I guess first addressing people who, if you're, if you weren't raised to think that way, then this is the mindset of someone who was raised that way, right? Raised in a very religious household, one where you're taught that sex is uh, like in the in the Mormon religion, dude. Sex is like number three, right? On the on the all time worst sins, mm. right? You can you can deny the Holy Ghost, right, or God, or or a witness of of the power of God if you felt it and like full born denied that. Boom, that's number one, mm. right? That's like spiritual death. Mm -hmm. Number two is if you murder, 
Right. Mm. So that's that's number two. That's number pretty bad. Three, number three is sex out of wedlock. Yeah. So I was raised with that mentality mm-hmm. that it was that bad. But then all of a sudden, as soon as you're married, it's like the best thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it it messes with your mind, right? Yeah. Because you have this sexual energy and everybody knows as a teenage, I mean, not everybody, every, I don't know what girls like yet again, I'm saying, but as a teenage boy, my gosh, right? My gosh, my gosh. You don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and so you have all this stuff, this pent up stuff and you don't have any industry. You don't know how to, you don't have the, the discipline to put it into the different avenues. You don't even really know what you, you don't like. even know what the hell it is quite yet. You know what I mean? You don't dude, but you just, you're told this, you know, you want to, you know what you want to do with it though. Right. Yeah. You do know that. Yeah. But then you're told that's like one of the worst sins in the sight of God that you could possibly do. And you're like, I must just be a sinful person. I'm a bad person. And then you start to like internalize that and think like, dude, I just, these other people, they just don't feel like this. I'm almost be a child of the devil, man. The devil is a lie. Yeah. And, <laughs> And it's really like it can really mess with a lot of people, right? Like I've heard about people who they go on into their marriages later and they carry that with them and they have that bad stigma attached to to sex or different things. And then it, it becomes dirty to them. And do that, that can cause some rifts in a marriage or a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Trust issues, things like that. So what I'd say is um, it's it's well, let's see. I guess what I'll have to do is I'll have to tell the story from the other day, which got me thinking on why I wanted to talk about this. Because honestly, I'd say I probably, until maybe a week or so ago, truly still had those feelings that it's bad. Mm. Like really honestly. And then I had a really good epiphany that made me think, nah, it's not, man. Mm -hmm. You can misuse it, but it's not bad. So this is what happened. Last week, I was super juiced, right? I've been <laughs> getting my sleep. I've been doing, I've been, I had my like definite purpose in mind. I, w- I knew exactly what I wanted and I was making the big decisions trickle down. All the little ones were made for me. I was rolling, right? I was like, dude, life is easy. I've hit a new level. I'm never looking back, right? right. I was just, I was ready. Yeah. Then I had a night where I didn't get enough sleep and, um, I lost a little enthusiasm and I, I, I kind of fell behind and I had to catch up again, lost another bit of sleep. And what I find is my, I get kind of casual. My defense is lower when that happens, right? I start seeking immediate gratification in that, in that, in in those instances. Mm -hmm. So I had already decided, uh, I'd already decided that I wasn't going to, I'm not a porn guy, right? Right. Now, I mean, you know, it's not that I haven't seen it or whatever, but <laughs> I've decided that it wasn't for me because it's very base, animalistic, immediate gratification, those kinds of things, right? And I always felt dirty when I saw it. So mm-hmm. I was like, it's not for me. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to wank off, I'm going to do it without it. I'm right? still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hey guys, we'll have to lean on JR's uh, expertise in this area. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so, but that's the thing, though. It's like, I know what you're saying. It, it's, uh, it, it was on, it's the inevitable well, dirtiness of what you feel, right? Go ahead. Hold tight. Yeah. Hold tight. Because this is where I'm coming from, right? Because I felt dirty before. 
Yeah. I thought that's what it was. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wank off without it, right? Wank off without porn. I still felt dirty. I was like, yo, what's this is terrible, right? Like, it just must be a base animalistic dirty thing to wank off, you know? And I was like, and and then instead you just blame it on sex, right? It's my stupid desire to do this. And then they always come in twos, right? I mean, within a 24-hour period, like, you're going to turn around, it like, it snowballs, right? And you just have that desire right around, right again to do the same thing. And I was like, man, this is this is rough. All of a sudden, everything seemed to go south. And I was just in a bad mood, and I lost my enthusiasm and my mojo and all that stuff. And I was like, dude, this is this is too bad. Like, I just have to say no to all this stuff. Like, uh, you know, I just can't, I can't ever wank off. I can't look at porn. I can't do this. I got to wait 10 minutes. It's like, but how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Right. How do you do this? How do you possibly stay so celibate yet not crazy at the same time? Because I feel like if you wait too long, it bursts out in weird ways. And I, I really thought a lot about it. And I was like, dude, it's not that it's not sex is bad. It's that if I truly believe in this transmutation of sex energy, I'm wasting it. Mm. That's the problem is I'm just poo pooing it all over <laughs> with no regard for what I truly want. And, and it, well, it deprives me. And at the very least, you're not using it in any kind of positive the, to create anything, right? Like right. you're not using it for what it was meant for poo-poo. from the beginning. Poo poo, just poo poo, you know, just poo-poo. that's out there. You know what right? I mean? Yeah, it's a perfect way of describing it, man. It's cra- so okay. So David and it's, Bathsheba, dude. Let me yeah, bring this in yeah. real quick. Bring Let me bring it in, it. dude. So my main, th- uh, so people, who, uh, you know, who are listening, the story of David and Bathsheba is a biblical story. Uh, David is a king in this, in this, uh, he's already a king in this setting, right? And what's crazy to me is the chapter starts off with, uh, in the spring when which, king, which chapter is it, brother? Uh, it is second Samuel chapter 11, right? Let me pull this up real quick. Cause I want to make sure I don't yeah, just, just for those that, uh, want to go and do some research later dude yeah you know what read second samuel chapter 11 like if you think if if somebody's out there hasn't read the bible like if you think it's all like woo woo like pie in the sky stuff like there's some there's some crazy stories in here that just offer some crazy insights to things so second samuel chapter 11 right it starts that in the spring of the year the time when kings go out to battle david sent joab and his servants and him and all of israel right so david sent everybody to go and then it says you know they were out there ravaging the ammonites taking over some stuff but david remained in jerusalem okay so at a time when people are out there doing what they're supposed to be doing focus on the tasks at hand or progressing the kingdom you can say right david says nah i'm good i'm gonna stay behind he loses focus you know, and this is, is it normal? Like, did the king normally go to battle? Yeah. The king, it says when kings go out to battle mm. in the spring, when kings go out mm. to battle, David he calls him out. Yeah. David did not. Right. So he's, he's just chilling. Sam, Sam's calling David out. And that's like that poo pooing. That's the poo pooing of your, of your duty, of your energy. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, dude, he is a he is a he's a beast as a warrior, right? David took down Goliath. Like your men need you out there, and you're over here wanking off. Most most likely. <laughs> yeah. So the story goes on. I I mean, well, you know what? I'll bring it back in. I'm I'm, I'm assuming that I'm gonna be able to bring it back in many more times. So I'll I'll sure. leave it there. But yeah. Um. I guess he just wants to leave everybody hanging there. Um, so I'll bring you. <laughs> so as I was talking about, it's not bad. It's the misuse of it, right? Because if you think about your sexual energy is your most vital resource, like the source of your ambition to do just about anything, right? Like I was thinking about it, if I didn't have this sexual drive, I'd be a piece of shit. I wouldn't do anything. Mm. I literally would not do anything. I would be so content doing nothing. Yeah. And so if I take my most valuable resource and I pip it all over, mm-hmm. what am I, what am I saying? Mm-hmm. What do I, I, I want gratification now. That's all I want. And, and so I was like, you know what? It's not that sex is bad. It's that my action towards this great gift which could take me to wherever I want to go if I use it properly. That's the problem with it. I could be progressing using that in so many different ways to get what I want. Right? Right. But instead, pipit. Pip, and then you lose all your it took me like two days to get back, back into full swing of energy. Uh, because, you know, like I said, they come in twos. And uh you you can really deprive yourself a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, why don't I just stop looking for something to blame, which is sex mm-hmm. and that it's bad and that I can't do it. And then I'm base or whatever. And just realize like, no, I'm just misusing it. Yeah. It's on me. It's not sex. It's on me. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I think we'll bring it back in because I was thinking, well, what are the proper ways to use it? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, I really think, uh, and I can't pe- speak really from experience, but in my mind, which is why I'm going to bring you in, a committed relationship like marriage is the perfect place to do it because if you're sharing your sexual energy together, then it's basically coming into the circle and it might even grow or enhance, right? Like if you're yeah. sharing that vital energy towards a common goal, which is a, a marriage and whatever you're building inside of that, then it might even enhance it. If not, like I know you can overdo it, I'm sure. Mm. People lean on it, make that their main thing and forget other stuff. But yeah. it seems like that would just enhance it. And I think this is where you can speak on it a lot more than I can. Yeah, so I'll tell you what. When when sex is on point within marriage, it is... <laughs> what does that mean, by the way? <laughs> I'll get there, but <laughs> let me say this. When, when, when sex is on point in marriage... Like when, when things are good, um, I will say that there is a, there's definitely a feeling of just like optimal performance, um, in the relationship. There's just like, it creates a harmony. And like, again, like it's this balance. You're you're not talking like when the sex is good. You mean like when, well, I guess that's a natural well, byproduct, yeah, well, but you're talking yeah. more like when it flows naturally. When it flows like naturally. Like when you it's and a your, mutual thing, yeah. you pull the vibe in it and wanting each other. And When you and your wife have, have mastered this dance, right, of like 
how to use sex in your guys's relationship and stuff like that and and when you know you know it has to be as fulfilling for again this is this is what's the beautiful thing of it is that for a woman it's much more complex and for a man it might be much more like uh what's the word steve i want to say like animal discovery channel dude. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely yeah, it's a straight discovery it's, channel you, right you watch anything from nat geo baby and you see that the male pulls up three pumps he's gone pop 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 Bails. pop 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 you pop. can't catch him for no alimony <laughs> no child support dude. he's out of there he's out dude peace right and and so when when it's uh when it's respected and has this kind of reverence to it and it's something that's like shared and something that you work for, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, when it's harnessed properly, when it's bridled properly, I guess, is like, it's so beautiful, man, because it it definitely makes a difference in the relationship. And this doesn't mean that you're always getting it. Like, I just want to be clear. This does not mean that you're always getting it, right? Yeah, it just yeah. It just means that, like, it has become a way for you and your wife to truly connect, like to just have that time with each other and it like it does it does uh so much and i could speak on the male side of things for a male psyche like it does so much for me in in my performance in general of like uh day-to-day -day things my motivation my my ambition my hunger my drive like you know, there, there's a reason why they say behind every great man is a great woman, right? That's one of those reasons is because, like, dude, I don't think most women know this, but, like, your man, like, feeds off of that energy. Like, that's the gas in his tank, you know what I mean? Dude, it is crazy. Ooh. We see it all over in history. Yeah. What happens when a woman directs a man's energy, like, makes him feel like a man and says, you can do this, you can go do whatever good or bad right right they i mean you see some some women behind some amazing men like you said and some terrible ones absolutely man yeah because if you <laughs> hey this is dangerous to tell women okay because <laughs> you can use or <laughs> abuse us but that can be the good ends or terrible ones we literally go into autopilot when a woman's behind us and believes in us and directs that sexual energy. Oh, dude, game over, man. If I got, if I got game my, over. dude, if I got my cheerleader in my corner, man, I'm playing the best game. game. You know what I mean? Over. I'm gonna be playing the best game I possibly can. You know, it's so crazy, man. And this is what's, this is you know, conversations that I've had with my wife is like the importance of like not only this whole sex thing, but just like knowing how to like uplift your man, right? And at the same time, as men, I think we need to know how to edify our women. You know, and it's this constant building up of each other, man. And, and, oh, dude, that's that energy, right? And then, you know, then when that's flowing and you have sex, boy, let me tell you, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it's it's more fulfilling, more satisfying than anything uh, you can go uh, National Geographic on, right? Like, like it's 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 way better dude like you know what i mean and so um that's that palpable energy uh and i guess that's the proof for it though you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if you don't believe in this like that's real right there you know what if i mean if you don't believe look around yeah seriously <laughs> it's everywhere in everything all the time man like that is most guys and i i've talked to other women about it and they're just like yeah it doesn't make sense the way you guys think like <laughs> why does that 
why is that all you need is to like feel like like i talked to another woman she's like um i i have she's out in russia she's like i have a driver's license which is rare for a woman in russia mm-hmm. um it's like but i let my man drive because even though i could like it means so much to him that it like drives him to do so much more like he loves taking care of me yeah. and driving me around and helping me and women are like that's stupid and mm-hmm. we're like maybe but that's how we roll. <laughs> we just want to take care of them. We just want to feel important. We just want to. And if you allow us to do that, if you humor us, we'll do fucking anything for you. Right. Right. Dude. Good or bad. It, Good it, or bad. It's true. It's true, man. And see what. And that's what's crazy, yeah, hey. too, is some women, though. But some women really respond to that, though. Yeah. No, it's true. And they're very smart. And they're. Yeah. I'm going to call them smart. But I wanted what I wanted to say, and this might help you bring it back into the Bible stuff, yeah. is there are so many examples of women doing this good or bad to men. They, I don't think they talk about the good, though, to be honest. I think what I've seen more is they talk about the bad, like uh, mm. Samson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of them. Right. Um, I guess I guess a couple others are like in the Book of Mormon that I can think of. So yeah. I can't really think of other bible examples well yeah i realize now that i left everybody hanging with the whole david and bathsheba thing like i didn't <laughs> so basically okay quick recap right quick recap David's not going to war shirking his duties yeah possibly wanking off possibly wank Go. definitely wanking off okay definitely wanking off. okay so the story continues and and he he ends up like just walking around right and like it it basically the scene is described almost like he was just lounging right taking a good old stroll right not doing what he's supposed to be doing and he sees uh the baddie called Bathsheba bathing on her rooftop right so he's probably probably top five top Top five most bad top five in Israel right now for sure um Bathsheba bathing and he inquires about her and so, so is he, he is he I picture I was pictured him on the roof on yeah, his roof like yeah, a neighboring so it, roof. It says he's on his roof. So what I picture is like him on his like cuz he would most likely have the highest ground in the city, right? Cuz he's right. the king, right? So yeah, the king sitting the on the top of Tom. right, the OG peeping top. And so he's walking around on his rooftop or his balcony or whatever it may be, you know, some outward no some outside thing. Feeling guilty. Feeling guilty, <laughs> or sleep deprived because he's shirking his duties. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or just just fucking lounging around, dude. That's how I think of it, you know. And so, and so he sees Bathsheba, Batty, Batty McBatterton, um, bathing on her roof, and he inquires about her. He sends messengers, and they come back and they say, "Yeah, you know, she's uh, the son, uh, the daughter of uh, Eliam, wife of Uriah." So basically, like, yeah, you can't have her. And he says, nah, bring her to me. And then they have sex. I just want to talk to her. I just just, want to talk to her. her. And David's a smooth dude, right? He's king. He's a smooth dude. Uh, He's powerful. He's successful. He jams jams on the harp. He jams on the harp, man. He does does wonders. Definitely use that one on her. Right? Mr. Steal Your Girl right here, dude. He definitely is a Mr. Steal Your Girl. I would say he's a highly sexed individual. Uh, Yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So... She comes over, obviously. They uh, have sexual relations. And, uh, you know, it, the Bible says she cleans up. She goes away. And then she realizes she's pregnant, 
obviously oh. some time later, right? But she realizes she's pregnant and she sends to tell David, like, uh, sends messengers. And I know, hey, and I know it ain't Uriah. And I know it ain't Uriah, dog. You know what I mean? It's your baby, King David. Because Uriah was out at war, right? Yeah. So Uriah, her, her husband, yes, thank you, is out at war. And so David's like, ah, well, let's bring Uriah back into the city, right? Go, go fetch me Uriah, bring me her husband. And, um, basically I need it. I need him to come back so they can, they can, uh, hop on the good foot and do the bad thing. And then they, you know, he'll, he'll think it's his son kind of thing, right? His, mm -hmm. his child. Mm -hmm. So he comes back. There's this weird dialogue that happens where Uriah comes back and I could picture it being like, why am I here? Kind of thing. Like there's a, there's a battle going on, right? What, what's mm -hmm. going on? David tries to small talk him, ask him like, you know, how the weather what's is. What's up, man? Yeah. What, what, what's up? What's going on out there? He's so, good out there, dude. Yeah. Everything great. You know? And he's just like, yeah, you know, what, wh whatever. And he's like, all right, well, I want you to uh, go. It says go home and wash your feet. Basically, I want you to go home, eat some dinner, take a shower. And get to schmanging. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. go home, be with your wife. Every guy's dream, right, yeah. you think? You coming back from battle, um, I, you know, I've been out there for months probably. I'm going to go lay up, you know, with my wife. Because I've been around, mm -hmm. you know, 600, 700 dudes for the last six months, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so David sends him. And, but Uriah doesn't go home. He sleeps at the king's doors with all of his servants, right? With all of his people that he's bringing from, from battle. And so it pisses David off. David and David's like, "Yo, man, what, what's going on? Didn't you come from a long journey? Haven't you been away? Like, why don't you go home to your wife?" And this is the dagger, though. This is like, this this is what puts you in check. Is that he says, um, "My men are out there in tents, right? My 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 soldiers are out there sleeping in the battlefields. How am I supposed to go home and enjoy my wife?" Mm. right his duty was he a commander was he was he uh yeah he, he was, held some rank he held some, some rank. Status, right? yeah he's up there right he's up there and so his duty is in his forefront right like it's on his mind again his focus is there uh he's directing that energy to where i mean arguably you could say where it needs to be going like that was the mission yeah. right that was the goal yeah. and so so that, he's highly sexed but it was going towards Boom. another purpose yeah and transmuting he, it and what's crazy about it is that you know they thought in especially in the time of war like they they thought about this sexual energy in the same kind of sense right because it was like you didn't have sex when you were at war because that was your libido that was you needed your juice that was your gusto yeah yeah exactly and honestly i think it's more about focus than anything um but yeah man so so he goes doesn't you know doesn't go spend the night or whatever. Then David tries to get him drunk. Tries to like, you know, get him schwasted. Wine and dining. Man. Yeah, whining yeah. and dining him. And then thinks he's going to go back home, right? Still doesn't go back home. So David's like, dude, what's up? So basically, long story short, David ends up sending uh, him back into battle and sending him with a message for uh, for the commanding officer. Basically saying, send Uriah into battle and then retreat so he could die. Okay. So in this whole process, send him to like the front line, send right? him, send him to the front line, retreat. When you guys go in, let him get, let him get picked off. You know what I mean? It's dark. 
Yeah, dude. So he ends up having to kill this man indirectly, but definitely murder. He murders him along with other people because later on you, you find out that like they got a little too close to the city that they were, you know, gonna gonna uh, take over to kill like to make sure that this went through other king's men died like there was just there was a lot of lives that had to be lost because of this king's sin you know because of his misappropriation of his energy mm-hmm. and or that sexual desire whatever you may want to call it like basically he wasn't directing it towards what needed his attention what needed that energy like it wasn't something wholesome pure and and again it wasn't to progress the kingdom and think about that from the outside perspective whatever progressing the kingdom might mean right like whatever your goals are whatever your your ambitions are whatever that may be like are you progressing the kingdom and i think that's that's the mindset of what uh we're supposed to be thinking about when we read this story i really do and um yeah man it's just it's just goes hand in hand with what you're saying like it's a very powerful thing but it could get us in a lot of trouble yeah. at the same time you did know? you see how uriah uses it and he like he'll do some crazy things to deny himself of a lot of the you know base pleasures and comforts of life because of his sense of duty you know yeah. and then like you said you see david what what you see him doing yeah. because he ignored his initial duties and where that takes you. And that's kind of how I felt, right? When I stopped sleeping, lost my enthusiasm, which I think David was feeling guilty, right? Like it's the, this is my opinion though. It's like when you're getting away with something cause you can, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you should be out there doing it. And then you're not, mm-hmm. and you seek for gratification. Those mm-hmm. are the moments when you do, right? So you see a, a, a baddie on the, on the, <laughs> on the rooftop bathing. Mm. And immediately your mind's like, I can find relief in this. I can find pleasure. I can mm. find an escape. Yeah. So you go looking for it. But that's the misappropriation. Pretty soon you find yourself as a murderer trying to cover up a scandal. Right. And right, dude. It, get, it went zero to 100 real quick, right? So was it the sex that was bad? Yeah, you know what I think it was? Right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Go ahead. Speak to him, dude. No, I think it was, I think it was him, again, his focus was off. I think he wanted something that wasn't his, right? The covetousness yeah. of it is that they came back and said, oh, no, nah, man, he's, uh, you know, that's Uriah's girl. And he was like, hmm, bring her to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's well, like. I think that's, that's what he wanted at the moment. Yeah. But not what he really wanted. Right. He gave up what he wanted most. In the long term, right? Exactly. And that's why I think it's so important going back to that episode we did a couple times ago. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. What do you want? What do you want? That will guide you in so many avenues of life. Yeah, dude. So many. Because going back, like at the end of the day, he wasn't focused, right? And I have this written down on my paper. Like focus is the antithesis of sin. Because sin, like... Amen. Right. right? It, sin is an archery term, man. To sin is to miss the mark. So if, if if you're an archer and you don't hit the bullseye, you've sinned. But it might implicate that your that your focus is off. And so that I think nope. that dude, that's what this story is about. That's it's a like a way of looking at it. You feel me? And so like, yeah. and so his focus was off. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And that's when I think temptation comes in. 
Because if you're focused, dude, if you're on that one track mind and you're getting it done and you know you're you're progressing the kingdom, whatever that may be to you, um, you blinders, lim- baby. Yeah, you got blinders on. You limit distractions. But as soon as and you that start juice, the juice is the juice is very concentrated. Place. It's concentrated, baby. And so what happens is when you start letting up that focus and start looking at things around you and, and easing up and not doing what you're supposed to be doing then your attention gets grabbed by other things. Yeah, man. You feel Dude, me? Dude, I, I heard a dope analogy to go along with your, uh, your Archer one. We was talking about um, when, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Tony Robbins was taking like a race car driving course or something like that where they teach you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they have to teach you is how to crash or like how to avoid crashing. Mm. And the, the instructor like creates this moment of panic when you start to spin out. And he said, naturally, everybody's head wants to go in the direction that they're spinning, right? But Mm. the guy's like, no, you have to look where you want to go because naturally your arms will follow Mm. and redirect the course. So no matter where you feel like you're spinning to and you're afraid you might hit this wall or that, he's like, look where you want to go and you'll naturally correct yourself to that course. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Where's your focus at, right? Because wherever your eyes are at, that's where you're going to go, man. Sin is not sex, man. Dude. Sin is if you're missing your mark. If you're missing your mark, dude. Exactly. And like. Which could be sex outside of wedlock, right? Like, so we're not condoning this kind of stuff as we talk about with David. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, here's the thing is that like, this is what I had this conversation with another young cat uh, that was asking me about some, some, uh some marriage stuff we're running out of time here but we'll we'll wrap this up um is that marriage is that bond is that contract i think of where both people are all in like you're all in for her she's all in for you and like that's what marriage is like forget about the certificate forget about the getting married in the church like all the ceremonial stuff like you don't need somebody to stand up on an altar and tell you guys like you're, if you know what married means, you know what I mean? Like that contract is basically the full commitment of somebody to you and you to them. And then that's what makes it safe. You mm. know what I mean? But like, mm. if you have, like, if I don't know, man, I'm conflicted on this, but if you have that with somebody and you, you've never heard I about, know. it's hard. You've never heard about these very fundamentalistic ideas or these traditional things or like religion and God and marriage, like it's it's hard right because they teach you so much and i think there's so much good to be learned from from what is established like that um so maybe just even look into it you know what i mean like what is and you know what that's that's some advice i'll give if you're getting married you're thinking about getting married what does marriage mean you got to define that like you if you and your partner haven't sat down and said like hey this is what i this is what i'm proposing by marriage like this is what it means to me and if and if you're not talking about the same thing, right? Like if you guys don't have the same standards and values of what marriage means, then you're going into a contract blind. And it's it's very poorly communicated what, what you're expecting out of this union. And so if you're thinking about getting married, that's an important-ass conversation to have with your significant other, right? Like what is this to you? Because this is what it is to me. Does it match up? Mm. And And so... So, yeah, man, I mean, look, sex is an amazing thing. 
it it will it will do wonders uh for your intimacy with people but i think again it's like that energy needs to be looked at as 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 energy are you just waste are you mm-hmm. poo-pooing it are you wanking it off everywhere or you, you know pewing it man in the right direction <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah dude it, it's so you know i think um I think this is important, man, for people to, to talk too. about at least. You know, and again, good company, well, man. It, it's important for everybody. Yeah. Because everybody it, everybody experiences it. Absolutely. Everybody. So, dude, you know what I'll say? Long story short, sex is not bad. But when misused, robs of creative energy that can be used to maximize our impact and progression. Yeah. Like, take that stigma off of it. Don't. Don't shame it. You know what I mean? Don't don't be shameful of it. Don't don't give it this like overbearing negative meaning. Just just respect it. Have some reverence because for it. As much as you can lean on it and what like you use it as a crutch and to blame it. Yeah. You 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 act like a victim of it rather than rising above it and using it and harnessing it. Yeah. So if you want to remain a victim, do that, right? Blame it. But if not, realize that it's not this terrible, awful thing and that you can harness that same energy and direct it towards what you want. Mm. And that that is how you're going to do it and figure out and get propel yourself to where you want to go and then not sin. Right. Because it depends. I mean, it's really hard to say, say all this ambiguous stuff about what sin is. But if sin is missing the mark. And it, the most important thing is to find out what you want. Focus up. Focus up. Focus up, man. Focus up. Hey. Good company. Good company, baby. Sex talk with good company. <laughs> we out? <laughs>